Good morning, Westlight. I'm Lori. I'm one of the pastors here. Is that good? Okay. Um, Henry Nowen always speaks the words of my heart, and unfortunately, I find his quotes after we decide everything. <laughs> but here's a quote from him that really shares, like it expresses what the heart of our unsure um, sermon series is. He says, Christian discernment is not the same as decision-making. Reaching a decision can be straightforward. We consider our goals and opinions. Maybe we list the pros and cons of each possible choice, and then we choose the action that meets our goal most effectively. But discernment, on the other hand, is about listening and responding to that place within us where our deepest desires align with God's desire. As discerning people, we sift through our impulses, motives, and options to discover which ones lead us closer to divine love and compassion for ourselves and others, and which ones lead us further away. That is the heart of our sermon series. And you know, we, we're good at coming up with goals and writing up our pros and cons list. But for the next few weeks, we're gonna like spend some time practicing listening and responding to what's going on inside us so that our decisions and our heart aligns with um, the heart um, and desires of God. And if you can, that's what, we, that's what we say, that's how we define experiencing heaven together. And as we go through the, through the, the next few weeks, remember that the, the drive is more important than the destination. It's about the drive. I know it's about the destination. We feel like it's, there's a lot of destinations. So it's about the drive, not the destination. So what decisions are you considering? Um, are you putting off a job change or maybe moving or breaking up with your boyfriend because it feels like it's a big decision and if you take that if you make that decision there's no way you can turn back right like if you decide to have a kid you can't return it because it doesn't fit your lifestyle right so every decision is big and it's hard to make those kinds of decisions or maybe you have small decisions like um things that you're unsure about like um, you have a lot of responsibilities. I always say, I'm so busy and I'm so tired and we have a lot of responsibilities, but maybe this, there's some decisions we need to make about like what we can do and what we want to do and what we shouldn't do. Maybe our schedule is overloaded. Or maybe it's decisions like um, having a tough conversation with a loved one or drawing boundaries. Those are the kind of decisions that's really hard to like, they don't seem a big deal, but they do take some time. And, and there's decisions that we have to make or like, well, college it's college season now so like you know you're gonna apply to colleges and what should your major be like should you major in a parent approved major or should you do one that you want to do <laughs> so it's just a lot of decisions that involve a lot of different people and so there isn't a formula for it I wish there was a formula I wish it was straightforward but it's complex and so the only thing that maybe kind of might sort of be like a formula and you're not gonna like the answer, but it's kind of, it would be like loving reality. Like loving reality is always gonna be helpful in any decision-making process. Loving reality is always gonna be helpful. It's necessary and it's helpful. And, and what I mean by loving reality is embracing it. It means like when it's not there, you hunger for it. Like you just love reality. And so what is reality? There's a Greek word for it in the Bible, 
I'm not gonna even try and say it. Um, but the, that word is called, the, you see it a lot in the scriptures, truth. But the, the word that um, is most like the English word that we have is reality. And so reality is seeing the truth for what actually exists. It's seeing the truth for what actually exists. And we may think of truth as facts and figures and rules, but it's relational. John, um, no, Psalm 31.5 says that God is the God of truth. John 14.6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. First John 5.6, the Holy Spirit says he, he's called truth. And so our triune God is truth. They love seeing truth for what actually exists. They love reality. They live in reality. They can't help but live in reality. And we were created to live in reality too. Loving reality is not just about being good and getting to the right decision and driving perfectly. Loving reality is really God's invitation to him. It's God's invitation to love him. And when we ignore reality, it's like we're ignoring God and, and our decision-making is gonna be off because we're not engaging in what actually exists. And to give you a metaphor, an example of that, I will make fun of myself. I think you guys all know, I've told you before that I have bad sense of direction. And so I was going to Pasadena, I was gonna meet with um, someone and I, I know Pasadena, I went to school in Pasadena for eight years. And so I was driving on the freeway and I remember thinking, oh, I should probably turn right. But as I'm getting off the freeway, everything in my body was like, go left. And so I went left. <laughs> and I'm not, I know Pasadena, but I'm like, am I supposed to pass this street? This is where I went to school. But I'm and then I kept going. I'm like, oh, that restaurant, we used to go to that restaurant. I might be going the wrong direction, but I'm just going to keep going because I feel like it's going to be right there. It's going to be right there. And then I literally hit the end of the road where there's the base of the mountain. <laughs> and I like, the road ends. I hit a dead end, so I had to turn around and go back, and I found the place. I did, it, like, I could have taken in some reality of, like, let's think about this, Lori. You have a bad sense of direction. Or I could have looked up the destination in Google Maps. So loving reality is, like, kind of listening to reality. Not so much all this, you know, what you think is going to happen and what you hope. Like, I'm not, I'm good with directions. No, I'm not. So you want to love reality. And when that happens, like, um, there might be consequences, right? Luckily, I was on time. So um, ignoring or resisting reality is so human, and we all resist reality. Why do we resist reality? You don't have to tell me. Don't say it out loud. But I wanted to ask this question. I usually ignore reality because it's, you know how some pastors are like, tell the person next to you. Like, don't tell the person next to you. You could just keep it in your heart <laughs> and just fill in the blank. I ignore reality usually because it's uncomfortable because I'm afraid, because it's sad, because it's painful, because I don't want to admit I'm wrong, because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, because I don't like change, because it's inconvenient, because I don't have time or energy to even think about what's reality. What would be, um, what would your word be, or what would be your reason? Why do you ignore reality? And let's be real, there are some reality thing that happens that is too overwhelming. Like, it's too much to take in all at one time and to even think about loving reality. And I want you to know that God understands that. He sees that. 
He knows it. He understands your heart, and he is patient, and he gets it, and there's no judgment or criticism by him. Like, he gets that reality is hard for us to, to take in, let alone love. And so throughout God's history, his people, they would love him and praise him, and we can't live without you, and then life would be good, and then they would forget about him, and, and then they would ignore him, and then life would get really tough, and then they would like call out to him. Sometimes they would blame him for what bad is going on, and they would call out to him, like, we can't take it anymore. They hit their dead end, or what AA people would say, they, they hit rock bottom, and they're like, oh, we can't take it anymore. And call, Jesus, Lord, Jesus, help us. And then they would trust in God again. Jesus would rescue them and they would trust in him we're like we're never gonna forget about you we love you and then time would go you know and that whole cycle would go on and in Jeremiah what we're gonna say today we're in that time that season when the people of Judah forgot about God and they were rebelling against him and they were ignoring him and so we're gonna look at Jeremiah 6 10 through 14 it says this is Jeremiah speaking he, he's He's like the only prophet that is listening to God and is sharing, you know, it's because of God's grace, because what's going to happen is bad. And I know I talked about reality, and I, I could have read from 1 to 14, but it's really bad. So I, for the sake, I wanted to save time rather than have you guys hear the pain and suffering. So in verse 10, it says, To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They're not listening to them. They find no pleasure in it. But I am full of the wrath of the Lord, and I cannot hold it in. Pour it out on the children in the street and the young men gathered together. Both husband and wife will be caught in it, and the old and the old, those weighed down with years. Their houses will be turned over to others, together with their friends, with their fields and their wives, when I stretch out my hand against those who live in the land, declares the Lord. From the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Wow. That's so painful and sad. The destruction, no one's going to escape that destruction. It's from the children to the old. Their homes, their livelihood, it's all going to be taken from them. So imagine, like, I was trying to think of what would that be like. Imagine if we were living in Ukraine and, and Russia came in and had victory over us. You see, Jeremiah is an outlier. He's not like the other prophets. He's just coming like, come on, this is God's grace. He's, he's, he, he doesn't want to do this, but he's held back his grace for centuries. And so you need to, you're going to have to experience the consequences of your decision because he wants you to get to that dead end. He wants you to hit rock bottom. Why? Not for punishment, not because you're bad, but because he wants you to return to him. But then the priests and the prophets, they were much like the pastors that, that we have today, much like the pastors in this church, right? We, um, they, they speak advice and comfort. They pray. They help in times of trouble. But all of their livelihood, it comes from the people that they serve. 
And so it's tempting to tell people what they want to hear because if they cut off, you know, if they, if you, they say something that, if the prophets say something you're not happy with, they might cut you off and then there goes your livelihood. The priests and the prophets of that time had, had like prestige and power. And so if you're gonna like have that power, you know, if you say something they don't like, that power is gonna be gone. And so they loved their power more than serving God and his people. And so they said, when all this was happening, they said, peace, peace, it'll be okay. Jeremiah's saying this stuff, but it'll be okay. He's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We're the priests and the prophets, and we're gonna speak words of comfort. And the people of God, of Judah, they didn't love reality, and they chose poorly, and it came at a great cost. We've all had leaders and bosses who tell us, it's not that bad. We've all come home from like bad day, maybe bad months or bad years of work, and our partners and our parents say, it's gonna be okay. Peace, peace, it'll be okay. It'll get better. We, even, we say it to others and we say it to ourselves, right? We're stressed at work. We could feel it in our body, but what do we do? We come home and we watch Netflix. We see what's on YouTube. I love TikTok. You know, I, I watched, I was giving this sermon. I watched YouTube all yesterday, <laughs> right? Peace, peace. Don't be stressed about your sermon. Watch YouTube. That's all saying peace, peace, right? The temptation is so strong to, to tell ourselves that and to ignore reality, to avoid it, to say, okay, it's bad, so I'm going to take control. I'm going to control my circumstances. I'm going to control the people around me. Or I'm going to, you know, my people pleasing can come in strong, and I will just please because I'm like, oh, if everyone's happy, then I'm happy, and then we'll all be happy. But that's all the peace, peace. Some people might say, well, you know what, that's, we blame or we say, you know what, that's, they're toxic, I'm just going to cut them off and um, we're just, I'm not going to deal with them anymore. And sometimes that's necessary, but is that decision based in reality? We can make others bad and we're good or they're wrong and we're right and, and us against them, us versus them. These are all ways that we tell ourselves, peace, peace, it's okay. We blame, we wish. We even use the Bible, like God says he's our hope, and it's so true, I love the songs that we sang today, but sometimes we think God is our hope, and we don't do anything, but we just hope like he'll just magically fix it, and then when I go to work tomorrow, everything will be fine. Or even sometimes we say, well, it is what it is, and that sounds like we're dealing with reality, but when we say that sometimes, we feel like we have no power, like there's no, there's no making a decision. These are all the ways that we see peace, peace, and ignore reality, and, and there's a cost to it. Maybe our emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health, or maybe there's a cost in terms of our relationship with others. And when we ignore reality, we, we can't make loving and healthy decisions. We don't thrive when we make, I love how Pastor Sam said, oh, God wants us to thrive. And we can't thrive when our decisions aren't based in, in what actually exists. We're not making decisions based on things that we can control. And when we don't love reality, we might just keep actually making the same poor decisions over and over again. We might have a new job, but we have the same problem, but it's just with a different boss. 
we might get a new relationship, but we might have the same issues just with a different person. We won't turn around, maybe, some of us, until we hit that dead end, and the pain is so great that we're like, oh, I can't take it, and then we turn around. We all do this. It's a human problem, and God's invitation to love reality is an invitation to him. The one who loves us loves reality, and they love to help us face what actually exists. They love it. No matter how painful, how scary, how inconvenient, how uncomfortable. And here's another reality truth, that the more love that we experience from God and others, the more capacity we have to love reality. The more love that we have, the more courage and grace we have to face and love and embrace and hunger for reality. So what can we do? The prophets and the priests told God's people, peace, peace. So what's your peace, peace? And maybe you don't know, you just say it and you don't even think about it. And so maybe you wanna ask someone, what do I say a lot? When I come home from a bad day, do I say, oh, it is what it is? What, what do I say? What do I tell myself? And then when you identify it, just recognize that as your old pattern. Like, you know what? That really keeps me from reality. That keeps me going in the wrong direction. And then show gratitude for your peace, peace. Think about how it was helpful. Saying those things was really helpful. And then thank it. And then maybe choose to turn around and say, you know what, I'm gonna love reality. That, my new pattern is when I say, it'll be okay, I'm gonna say, no, I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna love reality. And when you hear yourself saying, peace, peace, let that be your signal to remind yourself, oh, I'm saying that, no, I wanna love reality. And you don't have to be hard on yourself and be like, why do I keep saying that? Just have some self-compassion and ask for God's grace. Or maybe ask a friend to help you to be that voice of grace and self-compassion. And say, okay, this I've said this a lot this week, but how can I choose to love reality? Because God is inviting me to Him and to love reality because He is reality and He loves reality. And again, I've said this probably five times, but I just want to emphasize it again that at Westside, we always talk about like, invite a friend, share this with a friend, ask them, what's, what do you think my peace piece is? Oh, I'm getting kind of critical of myself. Can you help me be compassionate towards myself? For me growing up, when I was miserable and stressed, I would wish my parents would change. Like, I wish they would change. I wish my dad would stop drinking. I wish my mom would leave my dad. And today, I still do it. When I'm stressed, I'm like, I wish, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> I wish so-and-so would change. I wish they would change. And why can't they? If they change, my life would be so much easier. I wouldn't be so stressed. But I, that was good when I was a child, when I didn't have power to change. And I, I, it took me years of therapy, but I can tell myself um, it was a good thing. Like, I was a child, 
And I knew that something wasn't right. I knew that reality was not good and I wanted a better life. And so something deep inside me like valued myself and knew that they were the adult and they could change, so they should be the ones to change. But I've been an adult for a long time. And for me to keep saying, I wish they would change or I wish he would change or that that's not working anymore, that that thinking is my peace piece that's keeping me from dealing with reality. And I'm trying to change people that I can't change as much as I try to fix and heal and restore. That's probably why I became a pastor. Like, I want them to be better so my life will be better. And it makes me frustrated and stressed and I have anxiety. But I think if I wanted to love reality, I would say, okay, this is the reality. That was my old pattern. And I want to love reality. And, and what is really happening in this situation? Why am I really stressed? And 90%, 99% of the time is I need to change. I need to, there are things in my life that I need to change and work on. And so the God of love and truth, he invites us to love reality. Again, not so we'll be perfect. Not so we'll drive perfectly and get to our destination efficiently and quickly. But he does it because he loves us. And he wants us to have life and love and freedom. He wants us to thrive. And then we can help others to do the same. And so that's my encouragement for today. Just if we in our decision making can just really love reality. Let's pray.